Wow, thanks, Kwame. Uh, okay, so let's start over because there was no audio, apparently. Oh, okay. Welcome to this week's episode of Esports Rap. I'm your host, Michael Amorgan, and with us this week is another local to the Bahamas. His name is Alex Butler. Yes, it's me, Abkul, bringing <laughs> you the Esports Rap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <sighs> White boy, White Pancakes is saying he's early boys. Uh, Chilijan saying BN is inbound, and Kwame is saying tell my son hi. <laughs> and Viper. Oh Lord. Best yeah, in I I know who he is. I know who he is. Oh Lord. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So, Alex. Uh, I guess let everyone know a little bit about you. Like, who are you? What, t- what is it that you do? Like, just just let everyone know essentially who Alex is, if you will. All right. Um, if most people from the FGC is watching this, y'all already know who I am. But uh, my name is Alex Butler. I go by the gamertag Ab Cool. So you should have known me from hosting most of the FGC tournaments in the Bahamas um, up until recently. Because I think BN started hosting the other ones. And then KOG. I think More Cookies hosts one or two. But that was dealing with like Hearthstone. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you would know me for hosting most of the FGC tournaments. Especially Smash Bros. You would probably know me for Smash. Especially consider I'm, a, I'm also a melee player. Um, what else should I say about myself? I play melee, guys. I, I, let me just clear the air with that. Because a lot of people would probably... You know, wondering like, okay, you say you play Smash Bros, but I've never seen you at Ultimate Tournament. I do not play Ultimate competitively. So I just want to get that out of the way first. <laughs> so we can, and I know most people will ask like, why? I just, I don't take to it. You know, really? it's, it's yeah, I don't take to Ultimate. Hmm. Um, I enjoy it as a fun game, as, as a Smash game that's for casuals, but I don't enjoy it on a competitive level. <laughs> I'm being told to get you out now because that's not a good answer. <laughs> Yo, I mean, most people would ask the question. No, but I play Melee, dude. Melee is the hardest Smash game, so, yeah. It is the hardest Smash game to play, so, yeah. I play that one. Oh, Lord, dude. Okay, guys, are, um, I'm not going to be responding to these hentai comments. <laughs> <laughs> Someone told him at that time. Yes. Jesus. Uh, just say he don't enjoy it because he get cut. Oh, he's, they're saying that you don't enjoy Ultimate because you get cut ass. Um, I don't enjoy Ultimate because it's not good to me. It's not the best Smash game to play. I It's not deep enough for me. I could I lose an Ultimate. I lost. I lost to Nogi when I played him, and he was okay. I mean, and I didn't feel any betray about it. Now, now the only way ultimate players could say that they're doing something is if you go away and you place well. And so far, the only Bahamian who has done well internationally is me. Hmm. Yeah. And for which game was that exactly? Melee. Melee. Yeah. But there's no other player that did well in their Smash games, so... Gotta get to that level, guys, before you can shit talk the king. <laughs> oh, sorry. I mean, I don't know if we could curse on this. I, just... I would prefer for you not to. We try okay, to keep things okay, PG-13. Okay. I should have <laughs> said that beforehand. That's my okay, fault, okay. folks. <laughs> okay. all, right, all, right, all right. Trash talk. Trash talk. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. okay that, that's enough about Smash, though. We can get to <laughs> So... You mentioned the FGC. For those who don't know what that acronym stands for, well, shame on you, but no, seriously, it stands for the fighting game community. And I'm sure no matter where you are, for the most part, there is some semblance of a fighting game community, if not some semblance of an esports or gaming community uh, where you live. It might not be as big as some probably people would like it. And actually, that brings us to an interesting question. So... Alex, I know I've been trying to promote esports and gaming here for years now, but how long have you been at this? Oh, okay. Uh, you know, it's a history book when it comes to <laughs> competitive stuff. I started off in 2006. That's right when I finished high school. 
because a lot of people probably think I'm young, but I'm not young. I'm actually 30. Um, so I started off right when I completed high school. That was around the time I got the internet. That was 2006. And so I went online. While most people wanted to be like on high five and all that stuff, I wanted to actually see who was like the best at Smash because I was always really good amongst my friends. So if you want to really talk when I started being competitive, I would probably say around 99 when I first got Smash 64. I didn't know about a competitive scene until 2006. So I went online. I was like, okay, I got to see how dead these white boys are at the game. And <laughs> that's when I saw Ken versus PC Chris. And they were doing some stuff in Smash that I've never seen before. They're like wave dashing and L canceling. And I think the tournament that was happening was MLG. In fact, I didn't even know tournaments for this game existed. I just expected to see some guys sitting down playing with their friends. And then I realized they were in a stadium or like in this big venue and they were competing at this game that I play with my friend all with my friends all the time. And they were doing it for money. So I was like, wait, is this a thing? I'm like, <laughs> I I was like, I hate basketball. I hate every sport out there. I don't watch any of these sports. I always felt like I was different from all my friends. And I'm like, wait, the one thing that I am good at, they actually have tournaments and I can have a career out of this. Because, you know, when you're young, I just graduated. So I was thinking, okay, I found my answer. I don't have to be one of those people who lost anymore. I don't know what they want to do in life. I could just start playing this game that I've always been playing. And, yeah, that's that's what kind of motivated me to get into esports. Because it wasn't esports back then. It was just competitive gaming. Yeah. And I mean, hell, people were making things like Tetris competitive and stuff like that, which is still kind of weird to me. But I mean, yeah. it was a thing and it was about gaming and <laughs> community and just getting people to come together <laughs> and whatnot. So, I mean, things have evolved a lot since then. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know t in today's day and age. Like you were saying, like back then you were just playing melee just to play melee and then mm -hmm. you found out about tournaments. But now today it's about esports and Chilligent. You know what? Let's hold off on the Tetris be Royal being lit right now because I know I get my butt handed to me <laughs> severely <laughs> if I tried that new game that came out. Um, But yeah, like the scene has changed a lot over the years. Everything from Justin TV came out to them becoming Twitch to people actually getting into streaming to, you know, esports becoming a thing and actually like an, a term that was being used and is now used. And now we have uh, international t competitions where people are quite literally traveling from other countries to go to these places and they're actually becoming fairly well known. They're not just like something that's just kind of like little niche, niche hair there kind of stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, I remember Justin TV. I I remember that. I remember watching when they tried to go live stream. Like I remember when they just used to record tournaments, and then they would upload it at least like a month later. And then someone was like, you know what? We could stream these events, and people were streaming it from their phone to Justin TV. And then it yeah, it probably went from that to Twitch. Yeah, I think the ones that really pushed that was actually. I think it was livestream.com and then Justin TV kind of took over that or some people figured out how to do it and then it kind of just went yeah. over to Justin TV and then Twitch and then the whole like actually you know what let me not even get into that because then that yeah. goes into like <laughs> IRL streaming and <laughs> yeah, yeah I know I know it was it was a headache <laughs> I remember that I remember that it was a headache to try and stream back then yeah <laughs> <laughs> Especially with the internet service that we have here, uh, three three megs upload. That's that's with one of the best like internet packages on the island. Mm -hmm. And then like let's not talk about dial up. <laughs> oh, I remember dial up too. Like I say, like I think the reason why I wasn't even competitive earlier on is because I didn't have the internet, and that's what I wanted the internet for. Because I just wanted to see how other people play at Smash. I'm like I'm beating all my friends easily. And I, I just wanted to see, you know, like, how do these white boys play? Because I don't know why, for some reason, most behaving dudes early in their life are, like, kind of racist. We think, like, white people are good at everything. So you had to see how the white boys play the game. And you had to, like, 
I don't know, either be like them or just give up and say, you know what, I have a life. <laughs> I could just do what I need to do. But I, I had to be better than them. That was my mentality. We have someone in the chat, Vitalis, asking if the Smash Melee sports e-scene will ever die. What are your thoughts Prob on that? It probably won't. Melee is just too deep. Melee is just a deep, deep, deep game. Trust me. That's like a, a well that will never dry up. There's too many things to discover, and the meta always changing. Always. It never stays the same. I stopped playing it for a while. I tried to play it again, and I, I, I felt like I was rusty. And then like, if I watch a competitive player play it, I'm like, wow, they just discovered this now? So you <laughs> constantly have to catch up. Yeah. Uh, we have Kwame saying, uh, you hear about Dial-Up was born in 2002. This is after he's already said that you skipped grade 10. This guy is just like outing everything. <laughs> he, he's going hard for you, dude. He's going hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Dial-Up was way back when. And he used to make that funny song when you try to connect. And if someone called the phone, get a Yeah. <laughs> and if someone called the phone, you get knocked off. I remember that, man. I remember that. Uh, so, mm -hmm. you were telling me that you, you know, you would start to try and get used to doing tournaments and stuff like that and actually go into them and seeing how the white boys play and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But then I know you and I kind of uh, started talking when it came, to when, well, once I noticed that you had started the uh, doing tournaments here and then mm -hmm. also like trying to stream them and stuff like that. So, what really brought that about? And can you tell us a little bit about that? Okay. I mean, and there's so much to say. <laughs> and so I don't want to just go into this long, you know, tired about what. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's a history book with me. But um, in terms of how it all started off, I would guess I would say in 2006, when I discovered that, you know, MLG existed, I thought that they would come to Nassau. I thought that that happens all over the world the thing is that only happened in the united states so i started telling my friends about it and i was like okay now we got to learn all of these different techniques and this is when i discovered that people are different because i a lot of times i would hear chilogen and other people talk about oh bohemian people are lazy and so on and so forth like i've already been through all of these phases that most people that just getting into esports going through so I told my friends, okay, listen, we got to get into this game competitively. A lot of them was not on board. They were like, dude, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not learning any of that stuff. So I started learning the advanced techniques. And it took me a while before I could really get good at doing them. Because trying to implement them when I played my friends, I was just getting destroyed. Like left, right, and center. And they were like laughing at me like, oh, you're trying to learn all of these worthless techniques. And you get, <laughs> you're getting destroyed. You're getting your kicked and all that and I was like you know what I'm just going to stick with it so I, I stuck with it for a while and I started to beat all my friends and then they started to try and learn the techs but they were only learning it a bit so I was like okay this isn't working out for me I started going back to the videos because there was like an advanced how to play video on YouTube and when I was looking through the comment section I discovered another Bahamian was in the comment section and his name was Harry Shin who was you know, like my rival but <laughs> his, he was also a butler, which was crazy, right? So I messaged him on YouTube, and I was like, hey, you know what? I play this game, too. I'm from the Bahamas. I'm trying to learn this. And he's like, yeah, I'm from Nassau. And I was like, you want to meet up? Which was kind of weird back then because everybody thought someone was trying to rob you. So I was like, he was like, what are you trying to rob me? You know? <laughs> but then we spoke a little more about it, and then we decided that we were going to meet up. So we met up sometime late during the summer and he introduced me to his crew which was it was harry daisy frankel and d'angelo d'angelo was still in school frankel was still in school and then, and then it was my crew and after we discovered them i was like you know what this could probably grow there's probably a lot more bahamians online so i i became almost kind of obsessed with trying to find more people because, you know, I used to also watch Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z back then. And, you know, with Pokemon, when Ash go on an adventure, he got to make sure he's the best of monsters. <laughs> he got to make sure he's the Pokemon all. master. <laughs> so I had to become the Smash master. I was like, okay, you know what? I played, I played Harry, and I beat him. I think the first time we played, I beat him in singles, but they beat us playing doubles. And then when I went back again, for some god reason, this dude got way better. Like, 
he beat me. And then we beat him in doubles, but he beat me in singles. And I was like, okay, I, this was the first time I started really losing at Smash. Like, like legitimately losing to someone really like a lot better than me or, or getting really better than me. I, I can't explain it. It's like you beat someone one day and then the next week they're beating you. You're not used to that as a baby, man. You're just used to destroying a person over and over and over. But this dude was getting better than me. And I'm like, wait, this dude just beat me? And then I had to get better than him. And then he's, he was better than me the, the following week. I was like, what the hell, man? And this is when I discovered like there was a ladder system. And my friends weren't interested in going on that ladder to get better. But his his crew was. So Harry, Daisy, D, Frankel, they were getting better. And my crew was getting worse. But I was getting better. Anyway. So that influenced me to go out there and find more Bahamians. I started looking through a bunch of YouTube comments again. I couldn't find anyone. And then there was a store opening up called Games and Things. Now, I remember that. Most people should know about Games and Things because Games and Things was before the Cage Club. So I mm-hmm. went to Harry and I told him, hey, there's a store opening up called Games and Things and we got to go there and meet new players because they might be there. Now, the thing is, Games and Things didn't have a TV. But, you know, as a Smash player that's obsessed with trying to find more new players, you will carry your TV <laughs> to Games and Things. You will carry your setup to Games and Things. So that's what I did. I carried my setup there, and that's when I um, I met Jimmy. I met Stan. This was a really long time ago. I met Stan, but Stan was with this woman. I don't know, I don't know if it was his girlfriend or wife or whatever. Only thing I know is they travel to some tournament. And they played against me and my friend, and we beat them. And then I didn't see Stan anymore after that. And then I met Taisha, who's Jimmy's wife now. And it was her and her brother Tyson, and we played them. And we beat them. It, it was kind of weird. But we were, like, meeting new people. But none of them ever stuck with Melee. Because at the time that was happening, this was around 2007, 2008, Brawl came out. Mm. And then they had the Omega Gaming Tournament, which was, like, $1,000. We went to that tournament. And then that's when I met Max and Chris. It was, I don't know, it's, it's a long story how I met. But I kept meeting people. And because I kept meeting people and people, other people were hosting tournaments and they were like, you know what? There was a drought at some point where people stopped hosting. And I was like, okay, it's time for me to start hosting tournaments. Because I had come to a realization that MLG was never coming here. <laughs> and the only way that this was going to happen is if I get up off my own butt and do it. Because you have a lot of behemoths who would sit down and say, man, I wish someone would do this. And I was like, no, no more wishing. I got to get up off my butt. I got to do this. I got to put a lot more time and effort into this. So I just started, like I say, I started obsessing about it. My friends kind of like backed off, went their own way. I ended up with another crew. Yeah, because I ran through crews like, 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 like people run through water. I had a set of friends I played with. Some moved off. Some started doing their other thing. So I met this other crew, which was Clinton, Rocks. If everybody know Rocks in the group. Uh-huh. There was Rocks. There was Rudra. They all don't know Rudra, though. Um, and then there was Kaifa. Kaifa is in the group as well. So it was me, Rocks, Rudra, and Kaifa. And we started like a new crew. And I call that TIR2. Because <laughs> it was TIR1. And then there's TIR2. Um, and then after that, uh, I met some new people. I kind of stick with the same crew for a bit. Then I met Miguel. I met Caleb and that, but that's drama. I'm not going to talk about Caleb. (laughs) And then there was Scott. Oh man. Anyway, I I can't go into it. I can't (laughs) go into it because these are like different eras in the Smash community, but let me get to the FGC part. So around 2013, I went to BTVI. Mm-hmm. When I went to BTVI, I met a guy named Gerard. And at first, I just went there because I wanted to learn IT stuff. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to kill two birds with one stone. I met a guy named Gerard. And we decided that we're going to start Bezel. Because Gerard was also interested in it too. He was like, I don't want you to do anything Cage Club. I don't want you to do any cards. We're, we're just doing games. I was like, of course we're just doing games. We're not doing cards. He's like, okay. So we started a gaming club, and that's where I met Jamiko, Kendrick, and some other people from BTVI. And we decided that, okay, we're going to use, I can't remember which room it was. It was like a room at the end. And there, were, there was this teacher called, I can't remember his name, Mr. Francis. He was the one who really helped us like get the room, get the club started, put the TVs in there. And once we started hosting tournaments there, 
Gerard and I decided that we want to host a tournament at the Cage Club. We were like, okay, we need to branch off from this because we're going to graduate from here soon and we got to, I'm not going to have access to BTVI. So we decided to go to the Cage Club. And that's when I spoke with Glenn because Stan had already sold the Cage to Glenn. I started hosting tournaments at the Cage, the Smash ones. And then I was approached by Rico. And Rico used to play Street Fighter, and he was like, dude, you got to host, like, Marvel and Street Fighter too, man. You can't just do Smash, man. I was like, but I don't want to host Street Fighter, though. <laughs> he was like, but you got to host Street Fighter. I was like, okay, okay, okay. You know what? I can host Street Fighter. I can host Marvel for you. And for some reason, a bunch of other people started showing up. And that's how the FGC started, and I met Shad and the rest of them. And... I don't know. It just started expanding like crazy. And then after that, we saw this ad on Facebook that said game. No, it said joystick. And it was like, we're, we want, we host these uh, games here at joystick. And Gerard and I looked at each other and we were like, so we going after joystick next, right? I was like, hell yeah, we going after joystick next. We going there tomorrow. <laughs> and when we went there, we met Michael. And then Michael was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I down for this man. I know both sports. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. Come here. So I started hosting tournaments at Joystick until that ended. And then Stan approached me and said, I'm opening up KOG. And then we ended up at KOG. Now, everything that I explained just now happened between the years of 2011 <laughs> straight up to 2000 and where we are now, 2019. There's a lot of history. I can't cover all of it, guys, but that's the short version. And that's how we got where we are now. Uh, well, someone inside the chat is apparently feeling bad because you didn't mention Arthur. Oh, I remember Arthur. Oh, yeah, 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 Arthur was there. He was there for BTVI. He was there for... I, but I can't mention all of that because I'll be here all night. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, Arthur was also there for BTVI when I first went there. My pancakes is saying, holy crap, that's the short version. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's long, dude. It's a long story. You could make a documentary on it. Uh, Vitalis, KOG is King of Games. It's actually a store that uh, does a lot of different types of gaming stuff. Um, they have card game tournaments and they host, well, they allow us to host uh, certain events there as well for, uh, for video game tournaments. They're right off of um, Prince Charles Road. Uh, check one of the other previous YouTube videos that I would have put up. They, I actually interviewed Stan and... You know, you can find out more information about that there. Or just look them up on Facebook. I think they have them there as well. Uh, okay, and now he's asking to ask you, when mm -hmm. are you normally there? At KOG? I guess. Okay, Um, you said I was Talis? Yeah, but Talis, who's Arthur? <laughs> Oh, okay. I thought, because <laughs> his name sounds similar to another guy we know named Telus, who was also at um, BTVI. All right. Um, I usually host there once a month. I'm not going to be there at the end of this month, though, because BN decided to cop my spot. But I give that to you guys. You could take it. Um, I'd probably be there maybe the first or second week in March. Yeah. There you go, Vitalis. First or second yeah. week in March. Yeah, I'm only hosting once a month, guys. Now... I know a lot of people have been asking this question, and especially since you kind of made a little bit of an announcement about it, and it's that you, even though you have been pushing for esports here for years, uh, you made an announcement saying that you were probably going to start stepping back a little bit. Mm -hmm. Could you tell us a little bit about your reasoning as to why and like what's the status about that? Um, one of the main reasons is because I never really invested time in myself, per se, my own personal happiness and so on. Because like I said, again, if you remember, when I was going back talking about my friends, they all decided that they wanted to do their own thing. And I wanted to keep pushing Smash. Uh, most people, they want to get into T.O.N., they always ask me, how have you become so successful doing it? I remember Eric asked me a question like, I don't know how the hell you did it. <laughs> like everybody that's trying at BTVI, they're kind of keeping the club alive, but they're not hosting tournaments. They're not doing what you did. And one of the main reasons was because it was like a compulsion. You know, you always, I always thinking about how, 
how am I going to find more players? How am I going to get better at melee? I, I, I was eat, sleeping that all the time, you know, just thinking about the game all the time. I wasn't really thinking about like myself personally. Not to say that I was ignoring myself, but I was ignoring myself on like personal happiness. Mm-hmm. You know, I would like even like what Shin said, aka Harry. He say sometimes he would go to sleep dreaming about melee. <laughs> You know, you go to sleep just practicing the game in your head. And that's what it was like for me. And and so I feel like I'm at a point in my life where I don't feel that compulsion anymore. I, I it's it's not it's not there anymore. I could go to sleep and not even think about, you know, what, how do I find five or six more new players? How do I go about, you know, making my stream more professional? These are things that I always obsessed about and I don't want to do that anymore. Because there was a point in time, even on my Facebook, I just used to talk about Smash as my statuses. Even my friends would be like, but you notice you only post about Smash? You only post about these tournaments? Dude, you don't talk about anything else. And I'm like, shut up. We got <laughs> to find more players. We, we got to keep going. Yeah, so it was, it was kind of like insane in a way. But that's the type of insanity you need in order for an esports scene to grow, especially like when you're the only one doing it. Um, but I, like I said, it's kind of not there anymore. So I felt like I, I reached a phase in my life where going to tournaments felt exhausting. Every time I go to a tournament, it's like I just want to get the hell out of there. Um, not to say that the stream is bad or anything. The streams are still professional. People are still smiling. People are still laughing and saying, good tournament. But it's just not there for me, the passion. So I think if I take a break or if I let somebody else do it, and they screw up enough times, I might come back. But <laughs> or or they might do really well. They might do really well. I don't know. It depends. But like I say, dudes, any guys that's coming into TON, that's the type of obsession it takes. It's it's not as bad as it used to be, especially now like with more cookies and BN and you know KOG Stan saying that he wants to do a little bit more and help out. I feel like it's not as bad as it was when I first started, because it was literally only me one. Um so yeah, I, I feel comfortable stepping back and letting somebody else do it now. Will they do as good a, as good a job as me? Uh, only God one knows. But hey, <laughs> stick with it, guys. Like I say, you maybe you don't have to be as obsessed as I was. You know, you don't have to eat and sleep and drink the stuff. You know, <laughs> but it was that bad. It, it was that bad, and that's why I'm stepping back. It's fair enough because you always the key thing about it is you do have to have a certain level of mental health inside these kind of situations. You can't let it overwhelm you. Yeah. Um, otherwise then your quality starts to go down because you're just focusing on this and you, there are things you could be missing out. Um, also for those that don't know what TOing stands for, it means for, as uh, tournament organizing. Um, we also have someone in the chat. Well, Vitalis back is asking, uh, are you considering sponsors to grow your community and tournament base so you can make more money than this and make it more of an occupation than just a hobby? Uh, I used to think about doing that, but nah, nah. I feel like it's if you started doing it for money, then you really lose what you would initially brought you into it. Not to say that money isn't cool, because there was a there was a point in time where I was hosting tournaments like every week, like three times a week. Um, I didn't mention it when I was going on talking about tournaments, but there was a point where I used to host a tournament at the cage, at Joystick, and at, uh, what's the place downtown? It used to call Green Pirate, but it's where those, I don't want to say two white boys because I sound racist, but anyway, it's, it's where the two white guys are on that bar. I, I don't know what they call themselves now, but it used to be called Green Pirate. I used to host tournaments there. And... Um, I was making a good amount of money, actually. I was making some money. I still had enough money to buy equipment. And it felt okay. But at some point, when I didn't make money certain nights, I started to think about that. I'm like, these dudes didn't pay me. Like, Why the hell am I coming here if they ain't paying me? You know, it started to become more about the money than about the tournaments. And yeah, that wasn't good for me. So I decided to like back off a bit. But I'm making my own money now anyway, so it doesn't really matter. And oh, revolutionary G is saying that it was the pub that you. Oh yeah, yeah, the pub. Yeah, because he was there. He was there a few times. But I do have to agree with him, um, Vitalis. Like, even with the tournaments that I do, we don't make any money from it. Period. We actually lose money on it. 
because we right. do advertising and everything like that and then this setup and gas and you know so on and so forth um you can't go into it expecting that uh no. the whole purpose of it is to try and build up the community and like we've been saying well uh the community is still small it's still developing um there are so many gamers that we just haven't found yet yeah and if you if you go on it uh like just trying to go for money it's gonna be the same way as if you're going with, with streaming let's you're gonna end up frustrating yourself mm-hmm. and because then you're like months in and you're like i have not made anything this is a waste of time and one of the funniest things about that too is like i know a lot of different smashes and then there's one call well I'd call him by his gamer tag mod, but most people know who I'm talking about. He would always be like, Alex, you should probably just charge people more. But he always called gamers cheapskates. Because, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. He'd be like, a bunch of El Cheapos and so on and so forth. Um, and he was asking me at one point, because a few people came to me and they say, you know what, because you're bringing all this equipment, you should probably charge a little bit more. I don't want to do that. Gamers aren't, they don't have a lot of money. A lot of people who yeah. get into these games competitively, they're in college. Or, you know, they don't they don't have a they're not in a good financial situation. So you don't want to go asking people, you know, well, I the door fee is twenty five dollars, you know, five dollars that are going in your pocket. Then people, everybody becomes a mathematician after that. And they start adding up. Well, have have I been twenty five dollars and I only been in five dollars. Like you're not even making back what you spend, you know, and then less people come to your tournaments because they feel like, you know what, you're trying to scam us and so on. And I don't want that to ever come to that. And that's why a lot of times I would donate like $200 out of my pocket because it's appreciation too. Mm-hmm. I feel as though people didn't, they didn't have to come to my tournaments. You know what I mean? You didn't have to support me. You could have let my idea die in a ditch. You could have said, hey, I got better things to do. Like my first set of friends who told me they have better things to do. But no, you, you stuck with me. You helped me achieve my goal. So I'm going to contribute back to the same so yeah, I at some point maybe in the near future, if I decide to stick with it, I might charge more if I see people' financial situations improve and everybody say, "Hey, Alex, mm-hmm. we don't mind paying you," but for now, no, no, no. I I just enjoy people coming out and enjoying. Alex, honestly, with how things have been, like I, I on a, here locally, I anytime i see it going like above 15 dollars, i always tell people you know eh, that's, that's yeah that's 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 a little high for our, for a lot of people gamers it's not that we're cheap it's just you know we don't necessarily have funds to just be spending yeah. for games like that especially like as fgc stuff because only top two will get paid or top three will get paid so everybody else come in there to enjoy themselves that's one of the biggest things that they do when you go off to tournaments like CEO. They have so much other things that you can do and enjoy. So even though, yeah, you're going to go in pools and get too old, you still have other things to do and other people to play and meet and enjoy yourself to say, you know what, that was worth $25 venue fee or $50 mm-hmm. venue fee. But when you come to a tournament that's a local like KOG, you only come in there to get destroyed, meet some of your friends who you talk to in the group all day, and then go home. You know, and if you don't enjoy a little experience for like two or three hours being there, you're going to start to rationalize and say, you know what? I think I'll just stay home and watch the stream. Yep. So, yeah, you have to learn like mindsets. Let's see. Patala says, hey, I'm guessing that stands for high school. High school gamers make money, though. Just saying you guys need, you guys spend 200 monthly on pack just Okay, so he's, I'm guessing he's talking about Hearthstone. Two hundred dollars on packs. Um, Revolution is saying that's just gaming racism, dude. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what is he referring to? I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm not sure if, if he was like meaning what I was saying about like, no. being like. You don't want to spend too much? Oh, you, or... yeah, you don't want to go above $15. I, I don't blame you. Trust me. You might They might feel a certain way, but trust me, when you have to get up out of your bed, go to a tournament, lug around a bunch of equipment just to sit there and only two people show up, you want to pull your hair out if you got any hair. 
or you want to slam your head against the wall because you just feel like, dude, time is so precious, especially like when you only have two days off and you work all week and then you only have like two days off and you know like you really need to use a Saturday to do something else. But you come into this tournament because either compulsion like how it used to be for me or you want to contribute back to the community and only two people show up. And the thing is, a lot of people don't tell you they're not coming. They don't say anything. They just don't show up. Yeah, I'm going to look at Vitalis, especially since he signed up for the past two tournaments and didn't show up for either. (laughs) (laughs) Especially since he's asking me a question, why am I not joining with KOG for the Hearthstone tournaments? Uh, Well, the reason we actually that was actually asked in the fighting game community. um, What was that? Two weeks ago or so? Mm-hmm. Um, the answer I gave inside that particular group was that uh, for the most part the pub has pretty much done what we needed to, to do which is the place where we currently host our, our um, firesides and tournaments um, plus Hearthstone is an event that's pretty much based in an inn slash pub so the atmosphere if you I don't remember if I believe you did go to the Hearthstone event that when Blizzard came down here and actually had their tournament. No, my friend went. My friend went. Okay. Um, well, that they actually had that set up like a pub. They they actually had kegs. Um, they were empty, but they were still kegs that were so represent like alcohol and stuff like that. Yeah. So the reason why we we have it at the pub, and especially since we have a good relationship with the owner, is um atmosphere you get food you get drinks you we have stable internet for the most part and we can do what we need to do Mm -hmm. um plus we have an entire room all just to ourselves so and that's the room in the back like when you walk through the door you go straight down to the right exactly yeah that's where yeah that's where i hosted as well they should still have that screen on the wall yeah i think they do we don't really use it as much as we probably should probably like it well it's not that it's just like when we do the tournaments, like, how should I put it? We don't want anyone who's not, well, who's playing to see what's on the screen. So essentially oh. the only place you can really do that is uh, like throwing them in a little nooky corner. Like that's like around the bend somewhere. And that's, that's <laughs> not really the best. So I know the tournament before that, we actually brought in a TV, like a 42 inch flat screen 4K display. Mm-hmm. Um, and just had... I had my laptop connected to it and was streaming and everything like that just from there. And it was interesting. I, I may do that again. I'm not sure. Okay. But, um, oh, wow. They're saying we need to start an MORPG community. I don't know about that one, guys. Uh, we have a lot of online players. Yes. But MORPG... They're probably split between so many different servers and they have friends that they play with across the world. Yep. And now that was my situation. Like I when I played World of Warcraft and League of Legends and like other MMO MMOs, I should mm-hmm. say not just RPGs. I was playing with people from all across the states, from uh all across the e- EU and so on and so forth. So it's it's a little rough with that one. I'll I'll say that. Yeah, community building is not easy, guys. You might say, well, you should start this, you should start that. You don't want to have, what what do they say at work? Too many chiefs, not enough Indians? Yeah. Yeah, you you don't want to have a situation where you got a million people saying that they want to start a community, but you don't have any community members. And, you know, it takes people coming out to these events and supporting these events and willing to listen to you. That's what it takes to, to get these um, communities up off the ground. So when you say a community doesn't exist, that's because we can't find a crowd for it. Because I believe you me, if there was 100 people running behind me telling me to host a World of Warcraft tournament or whatever, and they were willing to like pay that money for us to get the equipment, there would be one. Yeah. There would be a community for that. But, it, you know, everybody prefer to stay home and play online. That's essentially it. And no, Jordan, this is not more Apex Legends talk. This is <laughs> this is just gaming. Um, and you're right. Like We could have done something with PvP. We could have even done a PvE tournament for World of Warcraft. But the players here, they've been petering off. And 
they're hard to find and that can go for almost any online game uh you can have someone that's interested in the game one month and then turn around the next month they don't play it anymore they play something different right so hosting tournaments and having a community for stuff like Vitalis, you're a part of my hearthstone group like I would. I know you see some of the stuff that we go through, just getting people to come, um, and so on and so forth. You yourself yeah. haven't shown up in a while. Uh, <laughs> everybody excited for it when it's announced, but the day of, they want to lay down or do something else, and that's that's, that's just how it is. You, you when you see top players, top players put the time and energy and. They put so much into them being a top player. It, it's ridiculous, man. But, you know, you have people that aren't interested in doing any of that. So. Yeah. But, um, so, what are your plans now? I know you haven't really stepped down. Um, I know you've kind of taken just a step back. But mm -hmm. um, you're still doing stuff. You're still hosting tournaments, like you mentioned. It's going to be either the first or second week in March for your next one. Mm -hmm. Um what are your plans going forward for right now oh my plans going forward is uh pretty much the same thing i did last year where i'm thinking there's going to be more than 15 of us going to ceo this year so um i never talked about the traveling part of the smash stuff so let me explain that so for a long for the longest time i was hosting local tournaments and i decided that okay it's time to travel um, so my first tournament I went to was Evo 2016. Um, I, originally, when I was going to Evo, I was going by myself. And then I decided, uh, after speaking with some members of the Smash community, especially Daisy, uh, she said that when she traveled, it was better to travel with someone else. Because Harry, Daisy, and his crew traveled before to like Winterfest and all that. That was way back, like maybe 2010. And so I decided to bring... Harry along with me to Vegas. Now, I know a lot of people would be like, well, that was a lot of money you spent. Yes, it was a lot of money I spent. I told Harry he only had to pay me back half the money for the ticket. I covered hotel. Um, and we went to Vegas. And, uh, and Evo was really, it was huge. I think it was like 10,000 players in that venue because they had multiple games in there. Uh, of course, we went for Melee. And we realized that going to Vegas in the summer is ridiculous like we're never doing that again it was a terrible experience um not for the people that were watching at home it was a terrible experience for us being there we wasn't expecting vegas to be that dry and we wasn't expecting them to have not enough setups so we were standing up for hours waiting to play we never got a chance mm -hmm. to warm up and by time as we got to sit down and play we were kind of like cold so, yeah, we got destroyed, <laughs> but we still had a fun time, like, meeting all of the top players, et cetera, et cetera. So we decided in 2017, when we go to our next tournament, it's going to be closer to home. So we decided to go to CEO. This time, we had five players with us. And then CEO 2018, we had 11. That's when you saw the picture mm -hmm. in the, with 11 players. This year, we should have about 20. So the goal is to go to CEO in June. And then the, the other goal is to go to the big house. The big house is one of the biggest Smash majors. That's hosted in Michigan. And that's around October. So I know it's going to be pretty cold when I go there. But I always wanted to go to the big house series because I heard like the TO is really professional. And I'm never going back to Vegas. So if anybody else wants to go to Evo, good luck with that. But I'll, I'm never going back to Vegas. But yeah, I want to go to CEO. I want to go to the big house. I want the FGC to get a, a bit bigger, especially the Street Fighter V community. Now, I know a lot of people in the Street Fighter community or the people who in the group would always be like, Alex, why the hell you care so much about Street Fighter? <laughs> I've seen that. <laughs> like, like, this game's stupid and dead. You don't even play this game and you care so much about this community. And it's because I... There was a point where the Street Fighter scene, the meta game for it, developed. It was even more developed than I would say the Melee community. And I met Shad and Shaquille. I don't know. I just feel like I have a bond with those guys. Uh, I used to be around them a lot. And I, I saw the passion they had for the game, being around Minoko them. And when we went to CEO, it was only Minoko. He was the only representative for the Street Fighter community. And then I guess Dimitri came, but I don't know. Dimitri's playing another game. But 
seeing Minoko there by himself and knowing the potential that we have here in the Street Fighter community, I feel like I cannot let that game die. If I if I ever speak about compulsion, <laughs> it's not really for the Smash community as it used to be. Of course, I always love my melee community and you know my ultimate community, etc. But I have a special place in my heart for the Street Fighter Five community. I don't know why. All right, I just need to see them compete, especially Shad, Minoko, and Shaquille. I want to see them go to CEO, and I need to host tournaments so that they don't die out, <laughs> and that happens. I can't explain the tournaments where the bond happened, but that's for <laughs> that for another show. All right, it, it, it just can't die. Uh, I see a lot of talk about mobas and league and stuff like that happening inside the chat right now. <laughs> um, guys, just you know, I, I, Vitalis, I did see your comment about throwing hundreds of dollars at if you know for league stuff. I'm sure something will be happening soon enough once uh, different groups are able to actually start getting out and really pushing. I know um, Black Nebula is doing some stuff with their mm-hmm. games. More Cookies is going to be doing some stuff as well. And then there's going to be something that we're working on that I can't really talk about. Okay. That's going to be coming along as well. But what about Cult? I can't really speak to them. I know they've tried some of their stuff. Um, mainly Fortnite. Okay. Uh, I haven't really heard anything else from them. Okay. So I can't really say. Uh, <laughs> anyways, I see Chilogen's laughing, rolling on the floor <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> He's probably laughing at Street Fighter. I don't know. All right. I don't know. Oh, it's probably because uh, Viper said the game that no one plays. Oh, okay. Yeah. They still play it. I saw Minoko put up a video with him fighting some top player. And he was hype. Yeah, I actually um, saw that last night as well. Yeah, was... you, you did the clip, right? Yeah. Well, it's not a clip, but I found where it was and sent the time and everything. Okay. Like but yeah. Okay. So I know we're kind of running short on time, guys. And even though the chat is live and <laughs> quite active... <laughs> We're going to have to cut it a little short. So, Alex, you may have to come back on at some point in the future so you can continue this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I would probably explain um, the Street Fighter Five community and then the people I met in that community. There, there's a lot more stuff dealing with Smash, but we'll talk about that another time. But I, I enjoyed it on the show, though. Wait, children, why are you reporting me? Like, what did I do? Oh, longer stream, no gym. Oh no, no, dude, I I have to go to gym. <laughs> I would get I would get cussed if I don't go to gym. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, man. If you have a goal, like I say, that's a goal too. Personal goals, go to the gym. Yeah, yeah, you can't ignore that. But I think there's one thing that some people would like an explanation on before we really cut this off. Uh, what is okay. the difference between Bez G and Bez L? Oh, okay. So when I went to BTVI, we call the the club Bezel, Bahamas Esports League. But when Gerard went off to Canada, he moved off to Canada, and I stayed here. And Kenrick them took over the gaming club. They decided to call it a guild. They said, let's just call it Bahamas Esports Guild instead of Bahamas Esports League because they felt like that name belonged to Gerard and myself. And so he decided to rename the club Bez G. And from, I don't know, like I say, after I left BTVI in 2014, there was a lot of changes that happened. Each time I go back there, they call me Okage and all kind of foolishness. <laughs> <laughs> and then people I've never met before approach me and be like, you're the great Alex or whatever. And I'm like, okay. And they, I don't know. They, they just greet me a certain way. But I, I like how... Bez G did a good job of keeping the community alive because I was expecting it to die after I left, but they, they did a good job, guys. But yeah, that's the difference between Bez G and Bezel. They just wanted their own name. That was different than what I created with Gerard. Okay, cool. Because I see they're they're really bigging up uh, Bez G inside the chat saying that, you know, that's, that's the better one, so on and so forth. <laughs> <laughs> You you knew school guys. You knew school. <laughs> my children, my children. 
<laughs> yeah, they, they quite literally, someone did say, uh, Alex is our grandfather, basically. <laughs> he made it and we polished it up. <laughs> Shoutouts to them, though. Shoutouts to Edwin, Lucius, Eric, uh, Bubba. I know I'm missing someone. I can't say Arthur because he doesn't go there anymore. Um, I can't remember all of the new guys, but those are the ones that come to the top of my head. Oh, Shano, who also is ultimate. Who plays uh who always win in all the Dragon Ball Fighter tournaments. Shout outs to him too, man. Like that dude, he just does it. And shout outs to Chilligen too and Tyler. Even though I, I feel like we's buckheads a lot and we have different opinions. But that's a good thing though. <laughs> that's a good thing. Because that that proves to me that hey, they have a backbone and when they host these tournaments, they're not gonna be run over by these players who like to find and weasel their way into brackets and higher brackets and so on. So that's a good mm-hmm. thing. I respect the end for that well guys that does wrap up our time um yeah so if you missed any part of this episode we do have a youtube channel that this episode is going to be up on by tomorrow hopefully uh so that'll be wednesday um we also have a website well the youtube is youtube.com slash more cookies that's m-o-a-r cookies the website uh, is morecookies.com, M-O-A-R-cookies.com. And if you just want to listen to the audio version of it and not really, like, especially if you're on data, you can not have to, like, watch the video and really eat through your data. Then, whereas a podcast as well, you can listen to us at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, pretty much anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. Um, feel free to also join the Discord. And if you're into, you know, esports and you're in the Bahamas, feel free to leave us a message and we'll try to help you out as best as we can. Get you to maybe become a part of the community, come to some tournaments, or just help you out however we can. Alex, is there anything you want to say before we get off the air? Uh, the only thing I want to say is, guys, keep it up. Keep up the good work. Keep hosting your tournaments. I'm glad that we're at a point where somebody can interview me for once. <laughs> My lord, I was ex- I was looking forward to the day I don't have to interview people. And if you want to see like the old interviews I did with the Street Fighter community, it's all on the Bezel channel. I think it's Bezel Gaming too. And if you want to look up the Smash videos, you could check them out at Bahamas Esports Tournaments because I have two separate channels, one for the FGC, one for Smash. Uh, if you want to look at old videos, you can look that up too. And old rankings, you could look up those on Bahamas Esports League Facebook page. So next time, guys. Oh, Vitalis, before I forget, uh, you did miss out on the World of Warcraft stuff. Like, there were a number of Bahamians that really played, um, but again, we weren't on the same servers. This like just clicked in my mind. Um, I know back in the day I was, like, in the top 300 worldwide, but that's that's been a few years ago, so numbers are different now. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, guys. Until the next time, don't forget, Esports Wrap is on Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And our sister show, More Tech, is on Thursdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as well. So until next time, guys, do take care. All right.